Today on Podcast by the Bay, the retiring city manager for Foster City, Kevin Miller. Individual commitment to a group effort, that is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. That's my quote. It comes from Vince Lombardi, which probably is appropriate for me. So, Discussing his background and entry into government and some of the highlights of his career in public service. I have enjoyed the opportunities to engage with the citizens of this community and what I, I believe is civil debate and discussions because the bottom line is just like the elected officials, just like our committees, just like our staff, the citizens that I engage that really want to want me to listen and they want to share their concerns, they love the city. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another Podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another episode of Podcast by the Bay. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for downloading the episode. And we thank you for spreading the word to all of our friends out there. We definitely appreciate it. And so today we're going to start a series about public service on the peninsula. And so today we're going to feature the former outgoing city manager of Foster City. And this is Kevin Miller. And so Patrick... You got to meet with Kevin. You got to speak with him. We've actually had him on our show before. We've talked about various issues. And so one of the things I think maybe some of the listeners probably want to understand before we actually get into some of the information about Kevin is what is the city manager and what, are they, what exactly do they do for the city? Well, the city manager kind of is the CEO, uh, so to speak, of the city. Um, and basically what he has, he has to oversee the personnel department, the public works, the police, the fire, um, all of the departments within a city. Uh, and he has to collectively get them to get their budgets together. So he's, he's, he's constantly reviewing the budgets with the department head, with the department head of personnel or the, or the police chief or the fire chief. So he's in constant, he's the CEO. He's, He's, he's like the president of the United States. He's got all these departments under him uh, that have to report to him uh, and that he has to make sure that the city's on good grounds. He's, Kevin's also, um, Kevin Miller, he's also um, is speaking constantly with the uh, on-staff attorneys that they have to make, make sure that the city stays out, stays out of litigation. So uh, he's the CEO. He's the, he's the person that's taking the hits and the responsibilities uh, for keeping those budgets in line or keeping those departments in line. 
Um, and he, he's a leader. He's he's the coach. He's the uh, pre- president, so to speak. Um, he's he's the man of the hour, uh, probably twenty four seven. So I I, I think, uh, as you know, Kevin has been in this position as uh, as um, city manager for approximately three years. Um, he 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 took it he took it over. Um, Knowing that that he would be retiring in three years, he was dedicated. It was unanimous from the city council and the public's feelings of his dedication to the city of Foster City. Uh, Kevin's got over 37 years with the government, 33 years career at length. I mean, uh, when he he shared in my interview with him how his first day was at the park and rec and how he worked with his wife, uh, uh, together to Loretta to to put a resume together and how he was nervous and stuff like that, but he's built relationships. Kevin's a uh, Kevin's like a, a head of a football team. You know, he is a former quarterback himself, and he shared with me that uh, in the high school that he went to in uh, the Sacramento area that his his father uh, was was the football coach at the other school, but Kevin, no, he went to a different high school and he played against his his uh, father's team too. And I want you to listen to that close interview. Kevin's been a personal friend for me. I mean, I was on the park and rec uh, for over 10 years. Uh, three quarters of Kevin's career, I've been living in Foster City. Um, I, I worked with Kevin for 10 years on the park and rec as a volunteer as a, a committee member, and then eventually as chair in 2010. Uh, Kevin's, a, Kevin's an outstanding champion. Uh, he inspires he inspires whoever he meets. Uh, he, the, he, his replacement was Jennifer, and Jennifer's doing an outstanding job too. Uh, when you walk into Kevin's office, you've got to see, you see a football. Uh, um, you, you, you just got the feeling uh, of unity. He also has a picture of JFK in his, in his office, too. We share the affinity for uh, the desire of what JFK tried to do. Um, I also uh, was honored to give, uh, since, since Kevin grew in Sacramento, little that I know, I was giving him the last picture of, of Robert Kennedy uh, before he was killed in uh, Los Angeles, his last trip in California. Kevin's an outstanding person. He he was living in the uh, Pleasanton for a while, but now he's he's residing in San Francisco. I want the listeners to 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 get the the most interesting and personal side of Kevin. Kevin's very honored to have two beautiful daughters, uh, and both of his daughters are successful in their own right. And I'm going to let Kevin brag about them. Uh, I must say, Andre, what a tribute that they had for him for his retirement. I was honored to be a guest there. Um, and, you know, I guess I saw a little bit of, of Kennedy there because at the end they were passing a torch. Each department was saying how much they appreciated Kevin's leadership, whether it was the community development, whether it was the police department, whether it was the personnel department. Whatever department it was, they were passing the torch on. And I know Jeff Moneda is going to do an outstanding job. I I just feel very honored to have known Kevin, and I definitely want to keep in contact with him. Please listen to it. Uh, Kevin Miller, a dedicated public servant, uh, a nice friend, a champion for all of us, especially the people in Foster City that had the wonderful opportunity 
to have Kevin Miller serve them for 37 years? Well, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, we would definitely like to thank Kevin Miller for his service, and we would like to welcome Jeff Moneta as the new city manager of Foster City. So we definitely appreciate Kevin taking the time and speaking with you, Patrick. And yes, if you guys have any feedback, you have any question, please reach out to us at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, at podcastbythebay is our handle, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. And we post articles, we post all of our episodes, we answer questions. So please reach out to us and uh, engage, because that's what we're about here at Podcast by the Bay. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and get to the Kevin Miller interview uh this is our public service series and we feature from time to time we'll feature um somebody in public service and we kind of uh really highlight them and kind of what they're about and their vision so with that we're going to go ahead and get to the episode so signing off this is andre and this is patrick and we'll catch you on the next time of podcast by the bay stay tuned Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. I have a great opportunity to, to interview Kevin Miller. He's the outgoing city manager for the city of Foster City. But most of all, he's been a friend for me for over 20 years. Um, I served with Kevin on the Park and Rec for over 10 years. It took me a while to become chair, and uh, Kevin and I um, pretty much saw eye to eye. Once in a while, we didn't. Um, I admire Kevin for his leadership qualities. Uh, he's been with the city of Foster City for 33 years. Uh, He's served 26 years, if I'm not mistaken, as director for the Park and Rec. He's served for the city manager approximately three years. Before we get started, Kevin, I wanted to ask you your first thing. If you can recall the first day you came into the city of Foster City, how were you feeling and what was your position at that time in in the city of Foster City? Uh, Thanks, Patrick. And again, uh, uh, thank you so much for reaching out and and taking the time to interview me. It's... uh, I've appreciated our friendship and uh, relationship over the past 25 years and the work you're doing in the community. Um, I remember the day vividly. It was in September uh, 1985 uh, when I drove down Hillsdale Boulevard uh, into Foster City for my interview with the Parks and Recreation Department. And it was a different uh, looking Foster City. I I literally, when I got in front of the rec center in Leo Ryan Park, it was the old one stoplight uh, through town. Uh, Metro Center wasn't there. Visa wasn't there. Um, so I've seen, as a lot of people have seen in Foster City, it change and grow. And I, I think it's changed and grown uh, for the better. Um, but uh, it, it was an exciting, exciting day for me. And when I came in Foster City and being a parks and recreation professional, um, you immediately saw the potential uh, for what could happen in Foster City from a recreation programming park standpoint. Um, it was just ready, ready to, to burst uh, and, and move forward. In fact, I started, uh, I remember that week specifically, specifically because I started, I think it was on a, uh, a Monday morning, and that Saturday of my first week uh, in working in Foster City, they opened Sea Cloud Park. Um, it was the official wow. grand, grand opening of Sea Cloud. And um, I guess uh, the, the saying goes, uh, the rest is history. We've seen how our park system has developed to what is now 25 beautiful parks in Foster City, which I'm very proud of. Um, the uh, involvement of not only your elected officials, your staff, but as you know, 
how we got here 33 years later in, the, in, in regards to Parks and Recreation, I think has a lot to do with the citizens, the Parks and Recreation Committee, the leadership they've shown. Um, there's no doubt you can walk through any part of town and ask people what they value uh, in, in this community and parks is, is always in the top, top two, top five, uh, where people just value and embrace their park system. So at this uh, time, I think uh, Kevin Foster City wasn't incorporated, were it, they? It was incorporated. Was it incorporated? So, yeah, at it that was time? incorporated at that time. And uh, um, Rick Wyckoff was the city manager at the time, and uh, so it shows you the stability that he brought brought to uh, the city. And um, and again, what has not changed, and what I sensed too, is again the the support that you had with the elected body who understood the importance of parks and recreation, the citizens which understood, and then staff being able to deliver uh, on that promise of, of creating a great uh, parks and recreation system with the resources that were available to us. Uh, For our listeners, why don't you give them a little background about yourself. You're originally from Sacramento? Yeah, I grew up in Sacramento, um, and I went to. Uh, I graduated from California State University at Chico uh, with a degree in Parks and Recreation Administration. So uh, it's very nice where you you pursue your 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 college education. You're able to go into a career uh, uh, doing what you you know pursuing what you studied uh, in school. Uh, but uh, I from Chico State. I, I worked in Southern California for the Caneo Recreation and Park District for four years, and that's in Thousand Oaks, California. That's where I met my wife, or where we had our first child, and, and then, as I said, uh, on to Foster City in 1985, where I've been uh, since. So. Well, you know, you, quite, you have quite a bit of journey. You live in uh, what town? I live in San Francisco right Oh, you now. live in San Francisco yes, right now. I live now. in San Francisco, Wow. Uh, and we've been living there for the past five years. My, my wife and I, Loretta, and I live in San Francisco. Enjoy that. I have two grown daughters that... Uh, that now uh, uh, are, are enjoying their own successful careers, but uh, uh, that's my background. Well, you know, Kevin, um, one of the qualities that you've had is a leadership quality throughout the city, and that was quite demonstrated last night when we had the officials from Jackie Spears' office, from uh, the Board of Supervisors, Carol Groom. Where did you get all these leadership skills, and what, what inspired you to get in uh, public service? Well, I, you know, I think as far as the leadership skill piece and, and where I picked up on that is, is from my father. My, my dad, uh, unfortunate, my dad's still, still around and alive and still provides me insights. He was a, a longtime uh, football coach in Sacramento and, and being around athletes, athletics, especially at the amateur level. He was a high school football coach. Uh, there was a lot of lessons that I learned from my dad, and um, and it really really revolved around that, and that always reminding me that uh, leadership and motivation and engagement it's about people, it's about your ability to connect to people, and and I think that's what I brought to the city, um, Patrick, is just this understanding of how to connect with people, how to be passionate about what you do. Um, that, you know, we have this, I, I, I reminded my staff all the time that, you know, we need to be relentless 
and incremental improvement. Try to get better. Do something better every day. It could be small things, but come to come to your job um, and try to try to do it better every day. It, it goes to and you've heard me talk about this. This whole play like a champion theme. It, it just means come come to your business. And, and no matter what business you're in, and, and try to give your best effort on a daily basis. And if you're doing that, um, you're gonna you're, you're gonna be successful. And, and um, that's what I've tried to to bring. And my passion, I guess, was that I think in local government, when you serve in local government, and it doesn't matter if it's police, fire, parks and recreation, finance, community development, that's where you can make a difference. And uh, people are very skeptical, I think, right now of our government, um, federal, state. Um, and I've reminded the employees of this great city, uh, let them be skeptical of government, but not local government. Let them judge, judge you by what you're doing out in the community and the services you provide. And if you're doing that in an excellent manner, um, you're going to get the response. And I know, Patrick, you see it. You live in this community. I, I do think the citizens respond very nicely and appreciate the services that are provided um, by their by their public employees. Well, did you play football for your dad? I, 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 interesting story, and this is true. I, I, uh, I played against my dad. Um, I was a high school quarterback, and the circumstance of time and where I was in high school and where he was coaching, um, he asked me if I wanted to transfer, but uh, at that time I had friends and other things, you know, I was focused on my high school, but uh, interesting story, I did play against my father, and um, we still talk about that a lot, but... Uh, did you win? One, for, so we, I played as a varsity high school quarterback, we, I played against him twice, and we were one for one, so we just got a victory, and uh, are still able to brag about it, uh, <laughs> You know, well, that was the Super Bowl later. of your life. Yeah, it was, uh, and we again, it's the the type of memory um, that our family still talks about. And again, I, I go back to my roots. Uh, growing up in Sacramento was very special. Um, my family's been very, very supportive. You saw last night my wife and and my uh, some of my extended family there to to join me at the council meeting, but. Uh, this journey, Patrick's not been an individual effort. It really has been the result for me, my career of a lot of family and friends and colleagues being there to uh, support you and encourage you and mentor you. Uh, so I've uh, I've uh, been blessed. Been Before great. you lived in San Francisco, I yeah. think you lived in Danville. I lived. We lived in. So we when we we've. So when I first moved to the Bay Area in Foster City, we lived in Foster City. Oh, wow. So I lived in Foster City with my daughter, Jackie, and my wife, Loretta. Our daughter was just a month old, two months old. So we lived in Foster City and um, for a couple of years and then moved in to San Mateo where we were able to afford a condominium. And then from that, we moved to Newark in the East Bay where we bought a home and we lived in that home for about 25 years before we sold it and moved to San Francisco. So always been in the Bay Area for those 33 years in general. Well, you know, you made a big transition um, uh, to city management. Before we go to that journey, I want to talk about your successes. You talked about the parks. What? Yeah. Uh, give us some of those times when you thought that you, you had some real challenges before you and you had to really use those leadership skills. I think on the on the park side, I, I, where where as the director of parks and recreation, and and you come in, I think probably maybe 
five years, six years into my journey as the director of Parks and Recreation, there was some changes, not necessarily in the philosophy of the importance of Parks and Recreation, but some financial challenges and that brought potential cutbacks in staffing. Um, it absolutely reduced the amount of money that we had going towards parks capital projects. And so how did you balance that where uh, you were faced potentially with cuts um, and, and making some changes in the resources we were able to provide our staff um, and still keep them motivated? So in doing that, I think, again, what I went back to is as part of facing some of those financial challenges, potential cutbacks, meaning you know job elimination, is to not go and sit behind your office and shut the door is that it was um, my opportunity to be really called upon as a leader and that's when I had to get out and engage with my staff and and really let them know hey uh, we're in this together that you're not alone um, I will do the best I can as the director of Parks and Recreation to make sure that we're fairly represented and that we will make tough decisions and there will be changes and cuts during this period, but we're gonna work through this together. And, and um, more importantly, that what we've worked to build upon and create in this parks infrastructure, it's not gonna be lost. Um, and I think that was important to the community. And that's just, again, your ability, I think, to connect with people, to make sure that um, they know you care. I, I, I remember a great, great saying, it's that people, it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what you do, that, that the group that you lead, they really don't care how much you know. They don't care, technically, they don't really care about how great of a leader you are. They don't really care, again, how much you know until they know how much you care. And meaning how much you care about them, that, that you do want to see them grow and develop. And that it's not just about one individual, that you do uh, care beyond just uh, saying, wow, we got a great park system, look at this, that you actually care about the people that are delivering those services. And um, how many people that. over the years were you managing in the park and rec? Um, I bet you over the years that right now they have about 39 full-time employees, but through my 25 years I probably managed uh, full-time and part-time, and I'm talking about people that have come and gone, uh, a couple hundred, 200 people just in that department. Well, I know going to Starbucks where a lot of your help for the work on the parks, and I always mention your name, they say nothing but good things about you, Kevin. So <laughs> well, you've done you. a good thing. You've done a great job with the, the park and rec. Thanks. I can remember the time when we had the uh, drought and the water shortage and that we were, were talking about, I think that was probably 15 years ago, yeah. and we were talking about artificial turf coming into play, and it was kind of controversial. And yeah. now we have some artificial turf fields. Yeah, we have uh, we have uh, quite a few. I think we have over six in three different parks, four different parks. And at last night's council meeting, they just authorized a $3.5 million project to install three more. Um, and it was controversial because it was fairly new, and it was in regards to environmental impacts of infill, not necessarily the turf as you know, you were on the Park and Rec Committee, but it's proven to be uh, a great, there's great product out there, there's great technology, it's very safe, in fact, 
reduced injuries, and more importantly, um, has significantly reduced our water use. Um, the drought's not going to go away. Water use is not going it, to. It's not going to change. And so, anything we can do, and we continue to do on the park side to conserve water, I think is important. So, well, I, I congratulate you on the transparency on that water thing because I know when we were starting to save the water, you were letting the public know that yeah. what we were doing is saving it. And yeah. I think everybody should be continue to be real proud of your direction in, in the uh, park and rec because we didn't lose a park. No, we have all the parks and they're all looking good. I think um, it, yeah, it's a great point, and it goes with what I said earlier. In times of challenges, if you have this infrastructure, and think about it this way: parks part our parks infrastructure is part of our public works infrastructure. Where you talk about streets and sewer, we've got a you know a hundred million dollar parks infrastructure in this city um, it would be irresponsible through drought through cutbacks to lose that infrastructure that if people can make that connection well you know there's no water just let everything die um, don't plant or be responsible in how you manage your urban forest uh, I, I think would absolutely and some cities don't have a choice where you take a look at what's happened um, in, in some communities where because of those lack of resources or cutting resources, they actually lose that infrastructure, and that did not happen in Foster City. Let's go back to something you were talking about. You've got two wonderful daughters. Yeah. What are they doing? So I've got two awesome daughters and interesting uh, career choices. My oldest daughter, uh, Jacqueline, Jackie, uh, lives in uh, Brooklyn, works in Manhattan. She works for Chobani Yogurt. Uh, she is the director of their food incubator program, which uh, goes out and looks for entrepreneurial food uh, developers and, and provides them. Is that the Greek yogurt? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a Greek yogurt. And she, I've seen it at Costco. Yeah, and she, she actually works in the... the where they go out and look for these entrepreneurs and then help them as startups where they provide scholarship uh, to these businesses. So that's what she does. And my youngest daughter, Leslie, uh, lives in Amsterdam, and she works for a company called Palo Alto. I think it's Networks, and she's in their marketing group, um, and she's uh, doing well also. Well, congratulations on thank that. End. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, now we're still we still want to talk about the park a little bit because yeah. you've done such a great job. What other accomplishments in the park um, aside making sure that we have all those parks and that's phenomenal and that they're in excellent condition. Um, and obviously Jen is doing a great job. She, uh, it, it, it's a it's a good position for her to be in. Um, what are your words of wisdom and how to continue to preserve your legacy, Kevin? Because your legacy to me is you saved the parks. You helped make sure yeah. that, that they were still maintained even during economic times when people were talking about closing the parks or maybe building a school on them or, yeah. or doing something with them. Well, I think Jennifer Liu, the new director of Parks and Recreation, and I say new, she's been the director for three years, has brought her own own style and, and they're doing some very good and unique things. <clears throat> she recognizes the tradition and foundation that's been built um, over the past 30 years and, and understands the importance of that. But what I find very intriguing and what I'm very pleased with is, again, she's through her staff, she's brought this energy, this passion for community recreation and, and parks, and, and she's building upon that. Where I think the greatest challenges are as we move forward in the parks and recreation system, and you'll see this coming up in November or December of this year, Jennifer will bring the conceptual plans 
for a new recreation center that's across the street and how we handle that and take you into really a new era of community recreation and and what that facility may look like, what the partners who we partner with, how do you pay for it? You're probably looking at a $30 million facility. How do you pay for that through public-private partnerships? Um, so that is key. Uh, Foster City turns 50 in two years, and Jen will be undertaking a parks master plan to revisit and look at all of our parks and, and look at that infrastructure and what needs to be done and the costs associated with that. And what are the priorities for the Park and Rec Committee, the City Council, and staff? Uh, to really, what I, I think is going into this next era, the next 50 years of parks and recreation in Foster City. So, Why don't I ask you a little bit about your vision on Park and Rec? I know I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to, to yeah. say which vision would be the correct vision. Obviously, we have a, we're taking a vision for the next 30 to 40 years. Yeah. Do you see a smaller rec center? Do you do you see that the rec center changes in any I, way that... that I, I think that, I, well, my, my vision is I absolutely believe that the recreation center, and we'll just call it the rec center for now or the community center, absolutely needs to be located in Leo Ryan Park. It needs to be there. Um, I think you need to maintain what really is the jewel of this city, the park. So how do you still capture that green space, that open space? You just can't build a 50,000-square-foot building and take over the green space, too. So you've got to be very conscious of the park space. People who come to Foster City, live to Foster City, and they go into that park for concerts, 4th of July, just a straight... It, it, they literally, it's, they, they see it and they call it home. It's a, it's a, they've got that home feeling. Um, the current recreation center is obsolete. It's uh, a maintenance nightmare. It needs to be rebuilt. And it needs to be rebuilt understanding that probably in the general same footprint as far as square footage, but you can go up, absolutely, two stories. You can create public-private partnerships. But that should be a hub for this community. I think you need to incorporate some type of restaurant or retail into it where you can manage that and get people again going for food, et cetera. But don't lose the fact that it's a recreation center. There should be still opportunities for community events, wedding, rent, party rentals, um, uh, potential modified theater. Uh, but there's great potential there, and that is absolutely part of my vision. I think you need to, as you, as you go south, you still need to capture the activities of the tennis courts, the teen center, um, the bocce ball courts, the opportunity to really create just a really dynamic area there with those components is a must. And um, Well, I was honored yeah. to be on the park and rec when we did the vibe, yeah. and we also did the dog park. So yeah. those are, and I, I can remember the first project yeah. that somebody had me do was being a judge for the dog contest on the 4th of July. That was my first step look, into look at public. The, those are great examples. Park. Look at those two facilities, thriving, the vibe and, and what it's done in the teen community and the dog park. You know, you go out there right now, there's probably, we could walk over there right now and we'd see 30 people on there um, at 9.30 in the morning enjoying it, socializing with their dogs. And I know when I go home late at night, I see, see people that are almost up to 10 o'clock at great, night. It's a and great, it's great facility. Great success, great, great success great, on that. Great facility. Um, you know, I, I, we're traveling pretty fast, but we need, we need to, to, to find out a little bit more. Were you surprised uh, being picked to be the uh, 
uh, city manager. I mean, I, I think that one of the things that we all experience is that overwhelmingly the people wanted you. Yeah. Uh, the council wanted you. Uh, probably Rick Wyckoff, uh, Jim Hardy. They all were very impressed with your uh, skills and stuff. So when they asked you to take that position, did you did, did you hesitate or did, or did uh, you did you say I'm going to step up to the plate right away and do it? When they asked me, I I did not hesitate. I I stepped up. I said uh, I'm right. I I did not hesitate and said it would it'd be an honor and a privilege to serve as your city manager. Um, I did and stated that. That I would accept the position, and I and I stated it with the confidence, knowing that after 33 years or 30 years and being with the city, that I was uh, capable of uh, carrying out the day-to-day duties of the city manager. And not to say there wasn't a learning curve, but absolutely, being in this community for 30 years gave me this confidence of of knowing um, and being involved as a member of the executive team, which reports to the city manager, that there was no doubt that, uh, again, with the support of my team and the council, that I could carry out those duties successfully. So um, no hesitancy, and, and again, for me, these last three years, it's really been the apex of my professional career to say that I have uh, served the community as a city manager and led the entire city. I've also I've shared this with uh, a lot of people. What, what's made it, I, I mentioned last night that I have enjoyed the opportunities to engage with the citizens of this community and what I, I believe is civil debate and discussions because the bottom line is just like the elected officials, just like our committees, just like our staff, the citizens that I engage that really wanna, want me to listen and they want to share their concerns, they love the city. Uh, that everybody has this common denominator. They love Foster City. They're not just coming in to complain and, and, and about nothing, that they're hoping to at least have their voice heard, but they care about the city, which is great. The other thing I've, I've noted is, and, and it's really true, I've, I've, because of my time as Parks and Recreation Director, you meet a lot of people. You're out in the parks, you meet a lot of people. And so... Some of those same people now engaging me on different issues as a city manager, not as the director of Parks and Recreation, but because we've known each other, the conversation usually starts with, how are you doing, not what the hell are you doing? Um, that there was that relationship, um, you know, hey, how's it going? Uh, thing, you know, and, and then it went to whatever the issue was. So that made a huge difference. That, again, connecting with people and uh, respecting them and at the same time uh, being able as a city manager to clearly articulate what we're trying to do and deliver local governance. Well, you know, it's kind of nice for you to be retiring at a real pivotal time. Yeah. You're young. Yeah. You have an opportunity to do a new career. Yeah. But most of all, you got that levy passed, and I think we all, all should be very proud of that, and I'm, I'm excited that I had an opportunity to interview with Podcast by the Bay, and yeah. we also interviewed Sam Hindi and yeah. we also Gary Pollard and some local people. So I, I think and yeah. by the votes that, yeah. that came out there, we're all proud that that levy passed, passed and the word got out. Yeah, 81% uh, Measure P, and, and it, absolutely it's going to do what it said. It's going to do preserve and protect. We'll now finish, you know, we're working to finish off the design of the levy. And for me, as I was getting ready to retire and at the end of June and knowing, knowing that that was on the 
the uh, ballot in June, I can honestly say, one, I was thrilled because it was absolutely the right thing to do and it will lead to what I believe is going to be a wonderful levy project. It's going to be done correctly. Um, we're very conscious of how that levy is used and the, the importance of aesthetics and how it looks and um, that will not be overlooked in the design and, and working with the regulatory uh, agencies to get the correct permits. But I can tell you right now, my last two weeks of work would have been a heck of a lot different if it failed because we would have been all hands on deck. Trying would to you have decided to stay on maybe until I, I was done? Kevin? I don't know, but it would have been all hands on deck trying to figure out where we go and, and next steps. But uh, I was confident that it was going to pass because it, it again, the, and you've heard me say this, never, never discounted anyone um, expressing concerns about paying more taxes or the impact to their that, – that was never easy. And no, no one liked that or, or likes it, but because of the, the real possibilities of what would have happened, and we explained those clearly, what would have happened if – if we went into a flood zone, um, would have been disastrous. For well, now area. that I know that you live in San Francisco, I'm hoping yeah. that you listen to my interview with Angela Alioto. I'm friends with Angela, so if you if you want to get involved in politics or doing some community I, service, I think that you I would definitely. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I want to stay engaged. I want to stay engaged in in local government. Um, I not necessarily. I'm looking forward to taking some time off, but I think I can still contribute somewhere, somewhere, somehow. And um, uh, did you listen to Angela? I don't know if I listened to that one, Patrick. I've listened like I I, I, I file them after I listen, so maybe I'll have to go back um, because I've enjoyed them. I've enjoyed the the work that you guys have done with the podcast. I think they're excellent and. Uh, I like the style you guys have in, brought forward in doing it. So you're going to be playing a lot of golf? Um, you know, people have asked me, I love golf, but I, I think what I'm, try, I'm going to try to do is, is, is uh, find that balance, right? That it's not when you retire, I hope it's not just about going out and playing golf every day, that I want to do a lot of different things. I'm going to travel. My wife and I are going to head to Australia right off the bat. We leave in July for... 12 days. I want to spend time with my daughters. Uh, I mentioned they're in New York and in Amsterdam to be able to go there. I want to volunteer uh, a little more, give back to uh, the communities. Um, I, I think, um, you know, to try to find a, a broad array of things that I can stay engaged with and uh, enjoy and spend time with family and friends. I, I mentioned to you, I'm very fortunate. My mom and dad are both still alive. They're aging, but they're both alive. So to spend time with them, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. And yes, I will be on the golf course once in a while. Well, Kevin, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be a good friend, to be able to be a good public servant, good city manager. And I know one thing that you like doing, and I've heard it is, do you want to leave the podcast audience with a quote that you think is important that you they would remember you by? Uh, individual commitment to a group effort, that is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. That's my quote. It comes from Vince Lombardi, which probably is appropriate for me. So Thanks, thank Kevin. By Podcast by the Bay. It was an honor. Thanks, Patrick.
We'd like to thank Leo DeVito for that beautiful rendition of the song La Strada. And you can find out more about Leo and his music on the Highway Soul music page at highwaysoul.com. All right. Until next time, stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.